Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. I wanted to share a few things that might inspire you a little bit further. Um, So some things that I talked about in my last episode were things that connect to complex PTSD and PTSD in the sense that when we're thinking of making big decisions or changes in our life or moving forward on plans that maybe we've been afraid to engage with, a lot of that fear can come from the part of your brain called the amygdala. I talked about this in the last episode. Um, and in the last episode I, I shared, you know, don't give into that fear of failure, um, or the fear of like having a lack of information. And I had to kind of remind myself of the importance of finding the right people to help you with the plans that you want to make or the changes you want to make for your future. You have to find the right people. And two examples of when I did this in the past, it really helped remind me of how important those people were. So in my past, um, I had an internship advisor, and then I also had a, um, a, a billboard I saw on the side of the road with a number for massage therapy program. Um, so that internship advisor set me up with the current job that I have. It was through in college and that's how I have one of the jobs I have. Um, another one, that billboard is how I ended up contacting a school because it said become a massage therapist in nine months. And I was like, well, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, you could learn a trade in nine months. And so I did that. And that's my other job. That's my other career. I've been at one job, the one from the internship. I've been in that job for 10 years and my massage job I've been in for 15 years, but it was, it was about finding the right people, like reaching out and finding them. Um, you know, I could have let a fear of failure of like, oh, well, I probably won't qualify for this. Or what if I look like an idiot just calling somebody and showing up and wanting to become a massage therapist? Or, you know, what if I try to do this internship and I, um, I can't impress them, you know, and they wouldn't want me. Or if I were to think that way and fear the failure of not getting it, I, I wouldn't even have my jobs that I have right now. Um, So I just wanted to share that because for me, in regards to reaching out to like an agent to do like a a screenplay or to write for like a network or, you know, a Netflix or a Lifetime or whatever it might be, whatever my agent would get called to them and I would fit with, um, you know, the fear of the agent saying, well, what have you written in the past? And I have written a play and I, I, in a local poetry group and things like that. And we produced the play. Um, so it was a done finished play. Um, and it was a tragic comedy is what the play was the type of play, but the, um, you know, just, just wondering like the questions I'd ask, like, well, what school are you from? Or what'd you study in college? Was it, was it, did you go to an art school? Did you go to a film school? And I would say no to those things. Um, You know, it almost makes me, it almost triggers that feeling of incompetence, which I've talked about so much on here, to where I wouldn't want to reach out to it. But then I have to remind myself, and this might help you too, um, if you feel a fear of failure at maybe even just a particular age, 
spooks you out a little bit. So I'll be 42 in February. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm at a certain point where I feel like maybe they would even think I'm too, too old to do these things, but you're really never too old to write a good script. And it's just a matter of writing a good script and people seeing it and then being like, wow. And then they, then all of a sudden everybody wants you. Right. Um, so I wanted to list a few names of famous people and I, I don't want to be famous, by the way. I want to like all those photos being, being taken of me all the time. Um, I wouldn't want to be on a magazine cover, but, um, the, uh, famous people that we all know, like, or I should say a lot of people know, these are people who came into their craft later in life. So it might inspire you if you're afraid to make those decisions. So Larry David, one of the co-creators of Seinfeld, um, he came into being successful as, as far as what I've read, maybe in his late thirties, early forties, Vera Wang, the designer who designs wedding dresses. She, I didn't even know she designed wedding dresses. Um, but I knew she was a designer. She designed her first dress when she was 40. Like that's when she became well known for wedding dresses. Apparently, um, JK Rowling, who wrote Harry Potter, she didn't finish those books until she was like 42. Um, and I think that's, it was after they were finished. I could be wrong, but it was, you know, not really until her late thirties, early forties, and maybe even after that, when she became known, right? Julia Child, you know, the chef, she didn't even put out her first book till she was 49. And I don't know when she actually started becoming famous per se, but she, I'm pretty sure she didn't go to cooking school, culinary school until even her thirties. Um, and the actress Jane Lynch, she didn't become big or well-known till her forties. And then the, the, uh, graphic, uh, I want to say graphic artist. I don't know if that's the right term, but Stan Lee, the guy who did the, uh, like Superman and things like that. Um, the creator of, I want to say comic strips, but I don't know if you call them comic strips, graphic novels, um, the fantastic four. He didn't really, um, hit it big until after he was 38. Um, and then he became hugely successful. Another one is Joy Behar. I think she was like a secretary or something. And she, I don't think she even did stand up until she was in her late thirties or forties. Um, and I don't think she's even on TV until her fifties, but, um, you know, these are a lot of people whose names we know, but it took them a while to get to where they got. And sometimes they work totally normal jobs. I remember, I recently heard, I think his name is Jason Mraz. I might be pronouncing his name wrong. Um, he's a singer and he was a janitor before he became a singer. And he, I think he did singing kind of on the side at like local gigs. And then he just went out to California and made it big. Um, so, you know, you never know what might happen, but, and I always think of also, uh, Roseanne. So I always think of people who didn't have, maybe a background when they were younger in theater or, you know, any type of necessarily acting, but they decided to go out and do stand-up comedy because I feel like stand-up comedy is the one thing that is very um, understandable. Like it's something you can grasp and any of us could go out there and just do it. Um, you don't have to have a fortune to go to some school and learn from the best right? You just go out and you, you relate to people, you have good timing. Um, so I always think of stand-up comics, but 
Roseanne is one of them because her background, um, it was very common, I guess you could say, or very simple. And she ended up hitting it big, basically just off of her personality and her humor and her wit. Um, so it's, I'm always impressed by that. Um, we should all be impressed by that. But so for me, reaching out to like an agent, you know, even though it's, there's that fear of, they'll say, they'll look at me like I'm crazy possibly, or, you know, I've even had a fear of seeing a certified financial planner in regards to my retirement account because I'm embarrassed by my credit card debt and I'm embarrassed that I haven't done more for that. And I'm 41 years old. So that embarrassment is kind of, you know, keeping me from reaching out to somebody like that when really it's a very simple thing. You just call them and you decide to set up your future. You know, you're setting up your financial future. Um, and in regards to writing, so the types of writing that I would do, and this is another thing about overcoming adversity. So if you're currently in a state of trauma or you're in a traumatic environment, it may sound impossible when you're in that state, but you can turn that into art and you can turn that into writing. Um, I think that's why I'm so drawn to writing because you can turn tragedy into art and you can turn it into comedy. You can turn it into something people relate to and become something on a screen that actors get a paycheck from and people who write songs or music for something they get a paycheck and people start to connect to it through music and through their TV screens and movies and whatever. Um, you know, so whatever you're going through can be turned into something. And I'm going to give you guys an example of that in just a minute, something I just created. Um, so I wanted to mention whenever I wrote my play that we produced, um, I used a book called save the cat to help me with that. I also used a theater book that someone I knew who was in college for theater, I had like studied his book whenever I was writing it because I never studied theater in college or high school. Um, but I, I wrote a play that was very successful. Um, and um, a book that I read to help me with that play was called Save the Cat. I'm going to read you the 10 sections um, that basically save the cat. It's a book. The reason it's called Save the Cat is because at the very beginning of a movie, the one thing to really draw somebody in is to do something that they respect. And that is, I guess you could say heroic or something that um, makes you care about the character or makes you care about the movie. So saving a cat that's like, you know, falling off a cliff or something, it makes the audience respect the character who saves the cat. Um, so that's why they call it that. So at the very beginning of the play I wrote, there was a narrator who informed the audience of the two actors standing on stage who are blindfolded. The narrator told you that this is a play um, about the dangers of making excuses for dangerous people. Um, and the brother and sister who are adults, um, they're blindfolded because they can't see what's happening, the danger they're in. Um, so right off the get go, um, you're kind of, you know that these two people are in danger and you know that they're oblivious to it. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, um, you have respect for the character is the point of that. Um, and so the, I learned that from save the cat, but the 10 kind of groupings that they put things in. And the reason that, um, 
you know, if I reach out to an agent, I want to have this done ahead of time. Um, and having the play, you know, written and having already studied this book helps amazingly. So I highly recommend it if you're thinking of doing the same thing. But there's four groups in here under this, these 10 groups that I think people with complex PTSD can relate to more. And so these are the four groups I'm kind of sticking to when I reach out and an agent were to say, what type of writing are you doing? Um, the 10 groups are monster in the house. So what they mean by this is if you have a TV show or a movie, they tend to follow under these 10 types of groupings, particularly movies. So monster in the house, like there's, you know, that would be jaws. So like, that's one of the examples they give jaws, you know, there's a monster in your backyard, basically. Um, Golden Fleece quest movies that I guess would be like a Harry Potter. It's a quest out of the bottle movies. There's one called dude with a problem. Another one is called rite of passage. So that's one that I would write in regards to my own complex PTSD experience. And the reason I say that is because a rite of passage is a coming of age life lesson type of movie. And one of the things that I'm actually have started writing and I'm going to share with a little bit. That's what it is. It's a rite of passage. Um, another one is buddy love, like dumb and dumber. Um, a why done it, which is, um, why did this thing happen the way it did or, or what was going on here? That's can relate to history and political movies. Another one is the full triumphant, like a Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump, um, instant, institutionalized um this is another one that i would be able to write i think pretty well so like one flew over the cuckoo's nest um institutionalized i guess would be like girl interrupted um but because i've been in mental health for so long like seeing therapists for so long is what i mean and i've also have been hospitalized i feel like that's something that i could relate to and it would probably be a comedy um and then another one is superhero, which I think actually tragedy can relate to superhero stuff pretty well. So I feel like that would be something as well um, in regards to tragedy. And then the other one, the fourth one, so it was Rite of Passage, Institutionalized, and Superhero. The other one is Why Done It? Um, so I forgot to mention under that one, um, it would be regards to history, um, like a history related type thing. So basically learning something in history about why something happened and it would be based off of something extremely small and detailed that is very much overlooked in history, which is what part of my history podcast would be about. But the um, one of the things I've thought about writing um, is something that connects back to something I've experienced. Um, and that is struggling with learning and so uh, in regards to the uh, rite of passage life lesson coming of age type film or a show um, it would be my idea is a show or movie about a, a young boy he'd probably be 12 or 13 maybe 14 but probably I would say 12 um, could even be 11 and the age range is very important because um, he's kind of at that point where if he starts to learn differently, he'll really advance himself. Um, and there'd be some type of 
you know, traumatic home life that is impairing his learning ability. Um, but the the point of the movie would be him um, kind of breaking that spell by actually engaging in healthy functional situations, but not knowing he's doing it, not knowing that that's what's happening. Um, and so what would happen is I think the, the show or movie would be called shark's tooth and it would be about him finding a prehistoric shark's tooth in a, uh, like a river in North Carolina. And the reason I know that is because I lived in North Carolina and my old roommate, um, used to dig up sharks, sharks teeth. Um, and, uh, so I know they're there. Uh, but he would basically just start becoming a little bit obsessed with shark's teeth as a way to keep him preoccupied away from home because there's something wrong at home. Um, and in school, he's not able to learn well and he can't pay any attention. Like he's um, really struggles with paying attention and he has bad grades. And the shark's tooth, his interest in the shark's tooth, he meets... Um, some, I guess you could say scientists or uh, I can't think of the proper word for them right now. I should know because my old roommate studied it. But um, I guess you'd say geologist um, or uh, maybe an anthropologist. But uh, he, he finds, um, I'll just say an anthropologist and who it's a, like a team, maybe even a team of anthropologists. But they basically meet um, at the river and he learns from these anthropologists about history and he tells the anthropologist basically that he he really struggles with school but this is so neat learning from them um and he, he would have to at some point be given maybe permission to go and learn from them or he would go and watch what they do or maybe just be around asking questions um but basically what would happen is he learns how to learn differently by actively engaging with the world around him. Um, and he would learn from these anthropologists how to study history differently and how to study science differently, which is what I learned in college. I learned that in college success skills, um, how to read books differently and how to study differently. So he's almost getting like a the education he actually needs because he's engaging with the shark's tooth and he's learning everything about, you know, history and, um, you know, things from like prehistorical stuff, but he's, he's learning from people who are in the field. Um, and he doesn't know that his struggle with learning is coming from his trauma at home. Um, but it's, it would be mostly, a a show or a movie of inspiration because he, he's just engaging with something as simple as a shark's tooth, right? It would be the same for, um, another script that I had would be, um, about a girl who's roughly the same age and she is given a, a ham radio for her birthday from like a, an uncle who is kind of a conspiracy theorist and he's, you know, he thinks we're going to be cyber attacked and all these things. Um, and he's really uh, into, you know, whatever. But she gets a ham radio and she she communicates with astronauts on the International Space Station. And she communicates with people from different parts of the world. And her classmates don't even know what that is. You know, 
they never heard of a ham radio. Um, and people like her parents and maybe some of her relatives were in their 40s or 30s. They think it's kind of corny and kind of silly because they know what it is, but they don't know, um, you know, they don't know how cool it is to a kid who all they see all day, all they see all day, day maybe is baby, like social media, um, just superficial things or people online bullying and all these other things. And she's able to learn about astronomy and you know, the solar system. And that all came out of my interest recently um, regarding uh, some of the books that I came across at the library. And um, one of my younger relatives getting a telescope for Christmas and me studying the comets and things like that. And um, just learning more recently about those things, um, like UFOs as well, uh, you know, things I've talked about recently on here, but it would be, it would be something so simple as a shark's tooth or a ham radio. Um, and it'd be, it, those would be shows where the, the kid is learning how to learn differently. Um, so the same thing could be going on for the girl. There could be some type of struggle going on at home. There doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, now in regards to the, the boy story, there would be because there's a reason why he's struggling with learning, right? There has to, has to be coming from somewhere. Um, but in regards to the girl's story, hers would be more about the importance of, you know, getting away from cell phones um, and getting off social media. And, you know, actually they're both very important with engaging with interests. So again, for the boy's story and the girl, both engaging with interests, something that's kind of unique, and they're learning something um, outside of school. So they might be getting, in both stories, they could very easily be getting a book education, but in their life, they're getting a hands-on education. Um, and maybe the 11-year-old girl could help her conspir conspiracy theorist uncle, you know, kind of get away from that a little bit. Um, or something. It could almost be a comedy, you know, because the conspiracy theorist uncle, I could write about that all day. Um, but I, those are just two examples of stories that I could write. Um, and they both go back to learning and the importance of engaging with things because it's something that I, I struggle with a lot. So your pain and your struggle can be turned into a type of art um, is my point here. But I hope that some of these... Um, names and you know people who came into their crafts a little later are inspiring and I have these ideas popping out of my head all the day all the time by the way so I almost think it would be like a sin if I didn't engage reach out to some type of agent and tell them you know I have a million ideas racing through my brain all the day for storylines I watch shows literally and I think I could have like written that better like there's, there's so many things missing in the storyline that would make this epic. Um, you know, it's, and then there's movies where I think, wow, how did, how in the heck did they ever write that? Like somebody's got a good educated imagination. That's why I like the X-Files because whoever wrote that, they really did their research. I got to say, even, I mean, somebody really looked into stuff in regards to the folklore, the, uh, the science in it you know, the conspiracy stuff, the government stuff. I mean, somebody really went into 
some serious research on looking up the history of a lot of the stuff on that show. Um, just the biological stuff, the the smallpox that they talk about, the cells. I mean, just so much, just really amazing things that they go into on there that somebody did a lot of work for that show. Um, or several people, I should say. But I just wanted to share this and, you know, share how you can use your pain to create something. But it's very important to have those resources to people to reach out to and people to help you get there. And, you know, for me, it's it would be some type of an agent, um, someone to reach out to in regards to writing. Um, I also used to, just a quick point, when I lived in North Carolina, I had a neighbor who was a singer. And she would sing at, like, weddings and stuff. And... She wanted to be in possibly like a band, like she wanted to sing for a band. And I was like, well, I could write you songs like all day long. I just don't know how to write music to go with it. But I would literally write her songs like I could, I could write a song in like 10 minutes. Um, and then I would kind of have her go through it. I just didn't know how to write music. Um, so it's the same kind of thing. You know, we needed like that person to you know, be that, that key, that key point, like an agent or a certified financial planner for my retirement account or the person at the internship or the, the billboard to reach out to. We just needed that person. It's kind of like always kind of being at a job fair. I wish there was a job fair for screenwriting for like, uh, you know, writing for networks. And maybe there is, um, I just haven't found it yet or seen where they're going to be located. Um, but I wanted to share some of that and, uh, that's that's most of what I wanted to do was give examples of, you know, people who have gotten to places a little later in life, the importance of having certain outlets and the importance of, um, you know, giving examples of things that I'm thinking of writing about that I'm using from my own experience in regards to struggling with learning, because that's probably one of my biggest struggles that I had when I was younger. Um, so anyway, this is the complex PTSD guy signing off.